Well, hello and welcome to A Romance at a Glance. I'm your host, Bridget, and today I'm with my co-host, Shani. Hi, Shani. Hi, Bridget. How are you? How's Costa Rica? <laughs> it's good. I'm here for one more week. Um, I don't know if I said this on the podcast, but I am in Costa Rica dealing with some medical stuff, and I will be back in a week, and I'm very excited about that. Yay. I miss my kitties. <laughs> your kid, your cat. <laughs> I do. I miss my kitties, man. I'm like, oh my God. And my dude, but you know, more, more my cats. <laughs> I never thought you would be a cat person, Shawnee. I feel like this is like a shocking development. I'm all the way in. (laughs) I'm in too deep. I know you are. You're in. You're like so much nicer to your cats than I am to like my children and my dog. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm gentle parenting my cats, Bridget. I told you I'm gentle parenting. I know. I know you tell me it's so funny. I'm gentle parenting my kids, but it only works like 75 percent of the time. Then I have to be like, just get your fucking shoes on, god damn it! It's not a fucking surprise. We're leaving the house. Get your fucking shoes on. Ah! I don't swear at them, but I want to. In my mind, I swear at them. Your eyes do. I've seen um, your eyes go crazy. <laughs> on my eyes swear at them. I'm like, the fuck? Kira did that face to me. She raised her eyebrows, tilted her head to the side, and I was like, oh, that's my face. That's the face yeah. I give her when she's not doing what she's supposed to do. Um, today, we are reading Pack Darling by Lola Rock. It is a reverse harem Omegaverse book um, with... Let's see. It's male, male, female, male, male, male. It's <laughs> the right terminology. So there is uh, two of the guys are involved. And then the other guys are also mated. So there's two Omegas. So it's kind of an interesting Omegaverse because typically there's just one Omega and then all the alphas or betas. Um, and in this one, the pack that she is placed with forcibly, like she has no other options already has an omega which they don't tell her and so then it's kind of figuring out the dynamics of all of that um so full disclosure peeps we tried so shawnee you guys obviously fans dear listeners hello (coughs) excuse me dear listeners you guys know that shawnee only listens to books and reads them for you listening and there are not that many good reverse harems on audible we have found (laughs) um so yeah so you may have noticed like like we might be one (laughs) fucking episode short we read like three i don't know if this book three or four where we i I called bridget i was like bridget no this book we can't do this one we can't we we don't and we don't really dnf books like we generally will go we will finish a book even if it's terrible (laughs) and do a podcast on a terrible book but this time I I, called, I was like, Bridget, I can't do it. And then the next one came around and Bridget's like, shutting. And I'm like, the next one come around, my Bridget. <laughs> I know, it was a really shocking spell. And and I have read Reverse Harem. Like I looked up a few Reverse Harem authors that we had had suggested to us. I looked up some ones that people on BookTok are talking about, people on TikTok are talking about, um, people on Instagram are talking about, just like searching Goodreads. Um, but unfortunately a lot of the ones that people are recommending are not available on audible. So we could not read, uh, like the Lily golds and, and other people who I've read some of their stuff and I know I like it. So we were pretty limited in our options. So pack darling had really, really good reviews. Um, I like the cover, although it, after you read the book does not represent the main female MC at all. Not Cause it's all. like this girl in really awesome makeup with like cool braided hair. And she's like looking to the side and like the girl in this book is 
legitimately starving herself and exercising herself to the point of almost death so that she can suppress her fertility and suppress um, basically her, her puberty basically she's she's 23 years old but she hasn't gone through puberty yet because she's she's swimming like four hours a day she's running like four hours a day and she's not eating at all basically yeah. getting away with as much like she's eating like once a day max because otherwise any more food like one of the scenes early in the book she wait, gets wait, to her house wait 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 wait, wait. i know we haven't started but let me just i just want to preface this by this first front front cover is just so misleading Anyways, uh, we can talk about it. We'll get into it, you guys. <laughs> we'll get into it. But anyways, this is our Why Choose, Reverse Harem, Omegaverse. Pack darling. Right, let's get popping. Romance at a glance. Uh-huh. Romance at a glance. What you say now? Romance at a glance. Go ahead, girl. Okay, guys, like I said, we are reading Pack Darling by Lola Rock. I was kind of surprised she only has these two books are the only two books that she's published, but there's tons of ratings and reviews. And I did not think about looking to see whether this is a pen name for a different author. Um, but yeah, these are her only two full length novels. So this was like her debut novel. And I think for a debut novel, like very strong start in terms of like the whole world. I mean, I think there were maybe some things that I was expecting from a reverse term that maybe I didn't get, but I think in terms of other things, it was pretty strong start. So uh, this book is about, a so it's a reverse harem it's a duology so there's part one and part two like we said there are there's already an omega who's a male and then there's four alphas and then there's this new female omega who comes in and she's our main character so the alphas are atlas who's sort of like the big bad you know sort of dominant alpha hunter who is kind of like the only level-headed one who's like actually like reading everyone's emotions and trying to keep everyone together even though the pack has like tons of internal problems finn is like a true psychopath he just like something got snapped in him early on and he just like revels in blood and death and like he like their hunter is constantly like pulling him back from the brink of like hey you here hey are you are you all there okay let's go let's go fight in the basement and like let's burn some of this steam off um jet is like the quiet one who uh everyone doesn't realize is as crazy as finn but totally is as crazy as finn just in a different way and um and then orion is their current omega and he always thought he would be an alpha when he awakened and then awakened as an omega and that's how he got with that pack but they like do not all fit together and the pack has so many problems and just they are not in sync (laughs) they are not in sync and then our female mc is a she's an orphan so she grew up in this like it's kind of like a training academy for omegas where they go and they take classes on how to be an omega and anything that you would need to know about like taking care of your pack and your own physiology which is slightly different and you know all going through your heats and all sorts of different things um and lila has been there since her parents sold her as a baby to the academy and she's an orphan and she uh is 23 and has suppressed she should have gone through her like 
you know, puberty at like 15, 16, and then found her own pack, but she's been suppressing it now for years and years. And she really doesn't want to pack. <laughs> she's trying to figure out how to live in the world. And like, she does accounting for people and stuff online. Cause she's trying to get enough money that she can like live on her own. And then she's given an ultimatum by, <clears throat> they call them the dads. So the four dads of the four alphas run this like counterintelligence organization sort of thing. And she's, they're basically, they give her an ultimatum basically. And are like, you owe all this money. Cause they like charge these orphans for their own <laughs> like upkeep. So like when they graduate, they have like this huge debt of like being raised and at the Academy. So anyways, so they basically are like, you have to go. They don't tell her the pack already has an Omega. And so then she gets like basically just dropped off at their house. They think that she's like, they think she knows they have an Omega and they think that she's going to be like the way they raise those Omegas to be like fighting for, cause they're like a highly priced pack cause they're rich and their dads are powerful. And so they think she's going to be like, you know, trying to break up their pack with the Omega and just like, and she's obviously not like that at all. She doesn't want to be there. She like runs away on her first night and goes swimming for like four hours in the freezing cold <laughs> lake. Um, yeah. And that's kind of how the story starts. I, uh, I'll take a brief moment to say that uh, I did like the narrators of this book. Okay. So Troy Duran and Kelsey Navarro, uh, they did a solid job. Solid job. Now, on the flip side of that, I have to say, I do not think I have ever read a good Omegaverse book <laughs> like <clears throat> in my existence to the point where... <clears throat> I'm not even sure the rules of Omegaverse. I know, I know there are rules for Omegaverse, right? And like how things play out. And if anybody out there could recommend to me a very good Omegaverse book, so I have an understanding of what I should be getting into, like what it should look like, because I know for a fact that this book ain't it. <laughs> but I would like to know because a lot of people love Omegaverse. That's a thing, but I just don't even think I have a baseline for what should be in an Omegaverse book. Yeah, I will also mention, because I forgot to say this, that there is no shifting and no, so they are a pack, but they are like a human pack with like some physiological differences, but no shifting. Um, just as a, because some Omegaverse books have shifting and some don't. Oh, so I just okay. I was to like, point out that this book has no shifting. I was like, are they supposed to shift or are they not supposed to shift? I don't know. Some, no, I think it's just different. Some of them, some of them are like wolf packs where she's at Omega and they're like, they shift into wolves or something. Yeah. But this one, they're a pack, but they're, there's no shifting. Yeah. So here's what, here's a few things. Here's a few things I was expecting that I, I, I want to hear, I want to hear what you were expecting. Okay. I first of all, again, because this is our second one that has had very little sex in it. I was expecting there would be more sex. Bruh. <laughs> Why do you? Because there's no sex. Because there's no sex. It's a very slow burn. It's a very very slow burn. Um, I and I read book two, you guys, and I'm going to talk about it in this in this podcast. But so it's a very slow burn all the way to the end of the book. Book two, um, with all the characters, which I didn't mind. Once I, I like realized that was what was going on, I was like, okay, well, that's just I what's going it. on. Yeah, of course you hate it. You're like, why aren't these people fucking? <laughs> and then, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, well, they're not going to have sex with her because she's like, hasn't gone through puberty. So for them, it's like, they would never have sex with her because 
You know what I mean? So like, I was actually glad at the beginning that they didn't because I thought her, I thought she was going to be forced or like that her body was going to go through puberty just because she was eating more and like not afraid all the time. And so I thought she was going to like slip up and then she was going to go through puberty faster. So then it would, because like, again, I was glad. Cause you know, when we read those, first of all, I was glad she was 23 and not 15 or 16 or 18. And I was glad that I was glad that they were like mad. At, okay. Sure. They're mad at her and like, not nice at the beginning um for sure but they also didn't take advantage of her so like none of them like forced them even though hunt or finn wants to fuck her like right away he doesn't fuck her even though he could he could easily have overpowered her he could easily have made her want it because she's an omega like you know what i mean like he could easily have used her physiology against her um and but he didn't and so i actually appreciated that because this could have gotten into like real dark romance, rapey territory, like real fast. And I actually, I was happy that it didn't. However, I did want her to be the one to like crack faster. Yeah. Um, not in book two. Like I want her to crack in book one. Um, or at least to like see more sexy times between the other dudes. Like if we're not going to get her having sexy times, then I want them to be having sexy times. And then we get to hear it or she gets like, we get to sort of experience it in that way. Um, so that was one thing. The other thing I, I immediately thought reading this book, oh, she's going to be, they're going to become an alpha, like an omega pair or something. Like I immediately was like, that feels right to me. I've never read that before. <laughs> I thought that was interesting because usually it's just one. So I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Like we read that one book, that one omega book where one of the, the, the betas in the group was a beta for the alphas, but then was an alpha for, alpha her. for her. Yeah. I remember that. And so I was like, Ooh, maybe it's going to be like that. He's their Omega, but he's her alpha. And yeah. I was like, okay, like I, I'm down to clown. Like that sounds like an intriguing <laughs> situation. Um, and I did think their relationship, Orion and Lyle, I thought their relationship was the strongest in the book. I thought they had the best development of like character together. I thought, Obviously he was like the only one who was being kind to her for a really long time yeah. or at all. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. Cause it's like, I actually liked the book, but I don't think I like it as a reverse harem, but I did just like it as like a paranormal, like sort of not even paranormal. It's like, um, it almost felt to me like a military kind of book, you know, cause they're on like ops and there's danger and there's like the guy who's trying to kill them. Who's part of like a rival organization. So like for me, it kind of fulfilled that, like, you know, she's hiding away. She's got all these skills. She fucks <laughs> fools up later in the books. Like she always has weapons on her. Like I enjoyed her as an MC. I thought she was great. Um, for someone who's like full biology is submission to be strong well, enough of character to stand up and to, to so, like game the system and stuff. I actually liked her, but I think she was just dealt like the shittiest hand. She survived like a, you know, decades of childhood abuse from teachers and classmates and just everyone she met. Um, so it's, it's, this book is strange to me, right? Like, because I agree with you in the fact that like her character in general, like what she did to survive, even the reasons 
why she joined the pack. She wasn't technically forced to join the pack, but she they promised her freedom essentially when she joined it, right? Like way more flexibility and stuff well, so she could do what she they, look. They promised her freedom or or you're gonna be pumped full of hormones to force your puberty <laughs> and you're gonna be sold off at an auction to a pack to fucking breed you. So really it was like it really wasn't a well, choice i mean i was really like yeah but listen, so she tried to control her own destiny and i agree with mm-hmm. you I, I like that she was fighting she had she made a shiv she had a knife in her thing she stabbed somebody at one point trying to get the knife mm-hmm. back out of them like they don't you know at the end when when the when you know her the pack was coming to like save them uh, there was nothing to save because they had already done all the work, you know. So yeah. I I enjoy that about a book, but that that's only a certain percentage of the book being good, right? Right. And, and I'm always trying to find like, okay, well, what are the good parts of this book that I can share on this podcast? And I guess that that's one is that like I love a kick-ass girl in a book, um, and who stays a kick-ass girl in a book, you know. Um, but this this book to me was so obnoxiously annoying. Like the, I I mean, bully romances are not my thing. But I don't even feel feel like this is like a good bully romance. It's mm-hmm. it went on way too long with that with uh what's his name was it a, a Finn, um like being like you're not one of us. And we, jet. We, what was a jet? <laughs> can't, yeah. keep these, can't keep these fools apart. They all annoyed me. They all annoyed the shit out of me. You're not one of us. Blah blah blah. Get out of here. Don't try to change our pack. Whatever. And then next chapter. Oh, you're not one of us. Next chapter. Oh, I'm like, God damn. Okay, we get like we get it. Like, let's can we move on from this? That it to, for me, it's like so such poor writing because. I'm I was so uninvested in this book that I had to keep rewinding and rewinding and rewinding and rewinding to like just get through it and it took a really long time to get through a book that was not that long to read um so I and I really hate that it like in any book that we read it doesn't even have to be like this genre specifically when they when it feels like the conflict is really made up it's like there's nothing holding it there. That's how right. I, I how I felt about this. When she was like, mm. I don't want nothing to do with y'all either. Just let me go about my life. You guys can go about your life, you know, or whatever. Right. She was very straightforward about that. She was like, I don't want to be your Omega in this. And if right. I knew you had one, I wouldn't have been here, you know? And like, same thing with the girl, the ghost girl from the other book, where they yeah. just keep harping on her being a terrible person even after right. she's showing them that she's not being a terrible person at a certain point, they're like, Hey guys, look, she's not being a terrible person. And they're still like, ah, you will never be one of us. And I'm like, Oh my God, can I please, I was going to DNF this book too. So fucking hard. Bridget. I was like, but we got to make it through one book. We have to do a podcast <laughs> on some book at some point. God damn it. Like I did not think this book was worth any sort of read. so i totally get everything you're saying i feel like it's weird because and maybe it's just because we read like parts of three bad books in a row but actually i thought her writing style was good 
I thought the story moved. I thought her, like, I understood each of the characters as like separate characters. Like while I was annoyed at them for sure, because they were being pieces of shit. Um, I, yeah. I was definitely interested in the dynamics. I like just the dynamics of like, Orion fighting his instincts to like jump into their arms about like I thought the way that the author I honestly thought their relationship I said this earlier is the best like the way she's subtly like coaching him like making his instincts go down and the way he's like slowly like oh like the way they start cooking together the way that they start becoming friends even though he's like, I should hate her. And, and she's like explaining his own instincts because he wasn't raised to be an Omega. So he doesn't know anything. And it's like fucking their whole pack up. And I thought that was really interesting. Um, and again, I like, I just wanted to know what was going to happen to her. Like I was just like on team Lila and I was like, how is she going to get away from these people? Or how are they going to like, how, how is an author going to make them earn back their like, well, that's reason the thing. to be with her? There's, um, there's, there's like a level of abuse that I will allow in a book um, where the the girl can go back. She can go back. Right. Like there, I can find a justification for her going back. It's like a level of like, right. but this book, very early on in the book, they crossed that level for me. There was no going back. There was no level yeah. of which of romance or lovingness that they could do in this book that would yeah. have allowed me to accept that she could fall in love with them. If I were sure. reading like a mafia romance or a dark romance where I know it's going to be rough and we got to come back, it's one thing. But this book is not that. This is not like a dark no. romance book. So like, to me, this is like one of those books where you want to jump in and you'd be like, sister girl, listen, okay. Yeah. I'm going to help you. What are we going to do? We're going to wait till the dead of night. Okay. Then we go <laughs> Like that's that like that's how I felt about this book. And because I know that all these guys come together as a package, right? I'm like, how is she going to just fall in love with one when I'm not these right. these ones over here I'm not feeling her getting together with. So Shawnee, I think our best use of time is I'm gonna tell you the entire second book and I'm gonna tell you about the grovel and then you can decide whether you think they earned it back. Fine. It's fine, Bridget, but I you ready? <laughs> better be good, Bridget. Okay. It's it actually I, I was on your side. I was like, these motherfuckers. Okay, so like let's just skip to the end, you guys. So obviously, like a lot of shit happens through it. They again, they their dads have placed this beta with them named Craig, who's the worst. And they hate him, but they can't get rid of him because the dads control their whole life and they haven't actually like stood up to their dads ever and been like, We fucking hate Craig, get him the fuck out of here. And he, of course, ends up betraying them, but he, like, gives Orion the heebie-jeebies, who's the other Omega. He gives her the heebie-jeebies, like, um, and so they've already had the dads place one, like, bad dude with them. So they think she's the same. They treat her like shit, even though she's clearly, like Shawnee said, been 100% like, I don't want to be here. I'm trying to hide in my basement. Her and Orion start a tentative friendship. The dudes are kind of like tentatively like okay well i guess if orion's okay with it she can kind of stay except for jet who's like consistently like shut shit down and um and she takes a bullet for orion after she takes a bullet for orion they're definitely much nicer to her (laughs) um 
but still not like, hey, be part of our family, but still definitely nicer to her. And her and Orion become really good friends after that. And then at the end, they both get kidnapped and she has like, and they're going through their heats. And so they're like sort of out of their minds and he gets knocked unconscious. They get in separate cars and she has just enough like mental energy to basically like use the shiv that she has in her bra to kill the dudes who are kidnapping her and save Orion. She drags them back to their nest. And then she goes into her basement. Um, The guys come home and start servicing him in his meeting. And then she climbs all the stairs and then they're all like, Orion doesn't really know she's there and kind of reaches a hand out to her, but he's like completely out of it. Um, And the only one who sees her really is Jet and Jet tells her like she doesn't belong there. Um, And she goes down and hides in a, essentially like a barrel of cleaning agent, I guess is what I would describe it as for three days to hide her like perfuming from them. Cause she's now like gone through her puberty and it's really sad. And then when Orion comes to after his thing, the first thing he says is, where is she? And they're like, what do you mean? And he's like, she was going through her needing too. Where did she go? And then they go and they find her in the basement. Okay. So let me start with what happened. So she wakes up in the hospital, book two starts. So first of all, She's like, the nurse is like, oh, or the doctor or nurse, I forget, is like, hey, and she's like, I don't want anyone in here. Keep them the fuck out. And the doctor actually respects her wishes and blocks them from coming in. So she gets left alone. So she's on IVs and whatnot for multiple days. Um, and essentially what happens is Orion chooses her over his pack. So he's like, you guys fucked this up. You guys hurt her. I hurt her too by not like but like I was in my heat, I was fucking out of it. You guys made her go into a vat of acid. So you're the worst and I hate you. He chooses her over them. So he's still in their pack. He can't like officially leave the pack, but he has like, no, 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 I'm on her side. She's your fated mate. You guys fuck your like, or whatever your sent mate. You guys fuck this up. The dudes take a real hard look at themselves and realize that they have fucked this all up. Um, so a variety of things happen, but essentially the big things that happen in terms of the grovel are, um, are that Hunter challenges Atlas for leadership of the pack. And in challenging him, it fractures the whole pack. So the bond of the whole pack gets broken. So now Orion is free and stays with her and everyone else is like solo in their mind for the first time in a decade or whatever. She calls the lady who is in charge of like setting up the sort of assignations for when you have go through your heat. She gets her own birth control. She's like, pop that shit in my arm. She calls the lady, the lady sets up appointments and she is going to be, doing appointments to not be like sold into a breeding thing, but to have dudes like bid on servicing her during her needing. And they like pay for that privilege and then leave her alone. So that's what she wants. So she's doing that. Orion is helping. They're living together and like being friends and like also though kind of like touchy flirty. She's Orion goes to classes to learn how to be an Omega and like about Omegas. And she's sort of teaching him that. And they're like, it's very cute. They're like constantly in like building little nests for themselves of like blankets and pillows and snuggling and stuff. Sometimes doing a little kissing, little, little, you know, little grinding, little fun times. 
but mostly innocent, mostly friendship. And then, but every time the pack is over, he's like, no, 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 I'm on team her. Like, I'm not on your team anymore, especially after the pack breaks. So then Atlas, his dad's trying to like force him to go back on a mission. And he resigns. His dad's like, you either go on this mission or blah, blah, blah. And he's like, cool, I resign. He resigns completely from the dad's corporation and starts going to all day long classes with this old lady who teaches him how to take care of Omegas. Cause he's like, and in all of his classes in his POV, he's like, Oh my God, I didn't know fucking anything. I didn't know what I was doing. So he learns like all the things that to help them calm down their, like, you know, their nervous systems, how to like, what praise they need, like all the stuff that will feed into their like biological Omega-ness. So that's what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Oh, uh, Orion is shocked because that's like been his whole personality is like being the alpha in charge of this pack and doing what his dad tells him. So he's like in shock that this has happened. Hunter takes over as like sort of the alpha and he comes up with the math brain. He tells all the dudes, this is what we're going to do. You're going to do exactly what I tell you so that we can get these two back. Don't fuck this shit up anymore. I'm in charge now. So Jet has to go to therapy. So he spends all day in therapy or half the day in therapy or whatever going through his trauma because there's like a bunch of stuff he like black blocked out and it turns out that he knew her as a child and she he was like her only friend she called him jj and he would like bring her little muffins when he went with his dad to work because his dad owns the institute so he would like find her but then he uh got preyed upon by when he was a child by omegas and they like basically like raped him and forced him into sexual acts and like traumatized him as a child she didn't know about it and so one day he just disappeared but he thought she knew in his child brain and she didn't and so he he sort of equated all omegas with the trauma and he thought he equated her with having known about the trauma and so she was like one of them the people who abused him so he's like working through all this trauma and his way of working through the trauma which i think is hysterical it's not funny because it's trauma but it is funny because it's like a very childhood way of doing it. He goes and he like shaves all their ponytails off and like all the, all the instructors who hurt her when they, when she was a child, he like gives her all their hair, gives her all their hair and like as a gift of like, look at all that. I, I cut all their beauty off for you, oh, which is just such a weird thing. But it turns out that he's like also kind of a submissive. He actually likes when she like dominates him and so she eventually gives him a collar or he gives, he gets a collar and he says, I want you to like basically be my dom. So she has a little bracelet. He has a little collar. Um, and at one point he's fighting his dad in this like ring. Cause they stand up to their dads finally. And he's like letting the dad punch him because he thinks he deserves all this like abuse and punishment. And she goes in the ring and she's like, who told you you could come in here? And he like looks at up for this like big eyes, you know? And he's like, tell me what to do. And she's, it's very cute. Cause he's very traumatized. And, and she's like, I didn't know I needed an alpha to submit to me, but it turns out I do. <laughs> um, okay. So that's what he does. He goes to therapy, works through his shit, kills a lot of people who hurt her and hurt him. And then Finn, who's like the sort of nut job. Um, he uh, is, 
buys her so much stuff it's so funny because he is just constantly buying her gifts because it like fulfills his need he wants to always be with her she's like i need space so he's just buying her stuff all the time because he's like then she'll do and then he gets her name because she tells him uh that like she's like i need permanence i don't need like someone who's gonna come and be fun and come and fuck around like I already know you can do those things. Like I need permanent. So he tattoos her name, huge letters across his chest with like this like design that has all these like things that whatever means something to her. Um, and she sees it and she's like, and he's like, I'm with you forever. Like this shit's tattooed on my heart. It's kind of like his like psychopath way of like showing her that he means it. you know, yeah. he also fights his dad in the ring. Um, Atlas fights his dad in the ring. And so does Hunter. Um, and let's see, uh, Hunter stands up to the dads as the alpha of their pack. And they're like, you're going to go on another mission. He's like, no, we're not. They're close. Like she's close to her needing. We're not going like fire us if you want. Bridget, you're telling me that all of this happens in the second book, but in book one, I get the same shit happening constantly and then all yeah. this shit happens in the second book. Yeah. It's a long book two is a long book. But yes, all this happens in the second book. Okay, so then what else happens? Okay, so she's still so the the leader of the evil gang, uh or evil organization, um she, he met her, remember when they were at the the ball and she took the bullet for Orion? Mm-hmm. So he knows that she means something to them. So he's still trying to like kidnap her all the time. So they are so they have uh, one of them is her bodyguard, like basically at all times, mm-hmm. um, her and Orion's. <clears throat> and, um, but they don't like, there's no more like, you're going to do what we say sort of thing. So she's like meeting other packs to talk about them fucking her. And they stand there as her bodyguard and like, they're like, it's your choice. If you want to do it, like, we're going to protect you though. Make sure nothing happens to you. Um, and like Atlas, like, because he's like quit and also he's learning all about Omegas, you know, he knows he learns that Omegas can't handle like mess and stuff. So he like cleans up the house and like organizes all these presents that they're always shipping to her into like little rows and puts everything away. He cooks for them, like the food that they need. That's like for their biology, like, root vegetables or whatever um he like learns how to soothe them when they're like feeling anxious because i guess the omega thing they're always like feeling this like neediness and anxiety and he learns that he like pets her and orion on the head and she's like thinking he's gonna tell them like don't do that and he just like pets them on their head and says like just be careful and they and then he walks away and they're both like what the fuck was that they're like melting into a puddle because he's like fucking their biology up you know and then let's see okay so then they uh, almost get kidnapped again and there's like a whole thing so then they can no longer stay at the school and they have to go to like the compound where they have like the they're like sweets basically but they're like in the compound of this organization so there's like no way anyone could get to them oh and the reason they don't go back to the house is they sell the house to pay off all of her debt with the school and they just give it to her for free like no strings attached they pay off her debt so like she's free to do whatever she wants to um and then 
in the ha in the like compound that they're like living in she's like getting closer and closer to her needing and so she's having these like spikes and uh in one of the spikes um orion like uh eats her out and like fingers her so that because like an orgasm will help like ease the spike and then snuggles her all night long and then in one of the spikes um atlas is there too and he like uses his alpha dominance to help like bring it calm it back down and one of the spikes he's sitting on a couch and she he sits her on top of him facing forward and then orion fucks her like it like with you know like he atlas because she he she basically hasn't agreed to atlas like being a part of the sexy times but he sort of like commands it and his like alpha presence helps calm her nervous system while orion fucks her um which was dope and he like pulls his hips in it was really good um that's nice. I mean, think nice. about her other spikes. She had some other good spikes. Um, uh, anyway, so she's getting closer and closer to the needing, et cetera, et cetera. And slowly they're like chipping away. They're, they're basically like doing what we always say in, in romance novels is like, it doesn't matter what you say. It's like the actions. So like all of them take very, very dramatic actions that are against their base personality to show her that they mean it, you know? Mm-hmm. And Atlas, even at the end of the book, after she has forgiven him and Orion has forgiven him, he doesn't go back to work. He's like, nope, Hunter, you be the alpha. I'm going to take care of the Omegas. Like, that's my new job. Like, like, which I liked because I definitely feel like the, a different author could be like, well, going back to work now because I settled all this. So now I'm the alpha <laughs> again. And he's like, no, thanks. Like, I'm going to stay at home and cook homemade French fries and fuck these two all day long. Like, that's my job now. Um let me think um so she okay so before she goes into her heat she and orion are talking about how they like orion is telling her if you want me to whatever pack you decide to go with for your needing i'll go with you if you want me to watch i'll watch if you want me to participate i'll participate if you want me to whatever you want me to do i will be there because i'm like with you i've chosen you and so she bites him as to make them like a little mini pack and then she wants him to bite her but he says let's wait until you're needing so it'll be permanent so then she's already bitten him the other dudes are jealous which is funny because they deserve it and then um basically um how does she get kidnapped she gets kidnapped again by the bad dude not again (laughs) she gets kidnapped one more time because they get betrayed by someone but i forget who why she get, I forget why she gets kidnapped. Anyway, she gets kidnapped. She gets taken on this yacht and she's like in a cage. And it turns out that her main bully, Noel from book one, the the bad dude of the bad organization and the trainers were essentially grooming the the omegas who were darlings, the un un like no family omegas, to mm. be taken by this organization. So they were grooming all of them to be sold essentially to that dude and noel even though she wasn't one like a she had a family and whatnot she's been with him since she was like a teenager even though she's mated to a different pack she's still been with this dude so anyway so she like beats her up and they leave her in a cage but of course she has a little shiv nobody ever checks for her little shiv she gets out of her cage and or no she she beats her so bad the the ropes loosen she's able to get her hands out gets out of her cage 
And then she's trying to lower like a lifeboat sort of thing into the water. Um, but it's too slow. Noel comes at her and she uh, basically like knocks her unconscious because Noel's not expecting her to actually fight back. And yeah. so she like knocks her unconscious, like stomps on her. And she's like still hoping the boat's going to make it. But the alpha uh, bad guy comes and he like gives her the alpha bark and she's like sort of frozen. And so she can't really fight back. Uh, and then she bites her tongue so hard that it bleeds to like shock her body out of the alpha thing and pulls him into the water. And then she drowns him because she can hold her breath longer. So she drowns this dude that they've been looking for forever. Yeah. It's awesome. She like drags him into the deep. It's a good death. Yeah. (laughs) And he's like trying to get away from her. And at first he's trying to drown her and then she's like, nah, bitch, this is my, (laughs) I've been training for this my whole life. No, thank you. (laughs) So she holds him under the water and drowns him. And then it turns out that um, when Jet gave her the bracelet that that he has the collar, it has a tracking thing in it because, mm-hmm. of course, like they're all crazy. And so they track her to the boat. But then because the bracelet was in the water or whatever, it doesn't work anymore. But because she bit Orion, he can track he can find her. So uh, okay. he finds her out in the middle of the oh, she has like a life preserver that she was able to swim to. But that's it. So she's just like floating in the ocean. They all dive in. Um they save, you know, uh, Finn gives her mouth to mouth. She coughs up seawater. They bring her back to the hospital. Um, and she's like fully in her like needing now. Cause they gave her drugs. Um, or no, she's in a spike, I think. Cause they gave her drugs and, or maybe her needing, I forget. Um, no, I think it's just her. I think it's just her. Um, it's just a spike. And then she goes, so they bring her back to the little nest uh, room that they've all been like the apartment they've been living in and the lady who's been helping orchestrate the the dates she also does this like showcase where she does a pole dance to entice the alphas to bid on her i forgot about that it's not really that relevant to the story aside from that she's a badass dancer and they all want to fuck her so um anyway so she has like a stack of folders with the offers for like what they're offering some people are offering cars and houses and so much money and you know all this other stuff and at the bottom of the pile is is the pack their offer and their offer is a property with a teeny little house um out in the middle of nowhere just for her and there's no money attached no nothing all they're offering her is like her own space basically her own life um and so she calls orion in first and then she calls in the rest of them um and she tells them that she will you know whatever accept their terms of being you know their pack and then hunter gets to have sex with her first because he's the alpha and he bites her first and knots her and then they all sort of take turns um and jay jet um the one who had like the very traumatic childhood also he he's like the last one and his is like alone uh, he like washes her in the bath and then he sort of, uh, they have like a little time alone to c- commune as it were. And then, so then she's part of their pack. And then, um, when Orion goes through his needing, um, so they, they're a pack with, so Orion is like, in their pack because he bites her too or in her pack i guess because she bites her too but then um atlas bites orion also so they have like a little side bond 
So he's not bonded to the rest of the dudes. He's only bonded to her and to Atlas. But she's bonded to all of them. And then that's how it ends. And then there's an epilogue. It's not really an epilogue. I don't know if you'd call it an epilogue, but the last chapter of the book is her, everyone else is at work, and her and Orion are fucking with Atlas, and Orion is teaching her how to give a blowjob, and he's like, for like excruciatingly long periods of time to like tease Atlas, and then they run away and hide, and then they have sexy times when he finds them. And then... Uh, Finn picks her up to go to work because now she runs the institute because she told the dads about all the abuse but the reports they had been getting of course were fabricated so he never knew about any of this stuff so she takes over the institute and is going to build it into somewhere that's actually safe for Omegas and and kids who are orphans and stuff and uh, <clears throat> anyways Finn picks her up to go to work and um uh, and then they stop the elevator and he like eats her because <laughs> she's like, cause at first he was like biting her neck and then she's like, pushes him on his knees and she's like, clean up your mess that you made. And then he eats her and then they go to work. And then, yeah, that's pretty much, oh, and then Orion goes into his heat and so they all go back home and then they all have sex with Orion during his heat. <laughs> and then there's like a tease like i don't remember i don't know if you remember like they mentioned it pretty briefly in one but she had a best friend who like disappeared and never came back uh-huh. one of the other omegas so the next book will be about her and what happened to her uh, okay okay and they'll like find her and help her probably i'm assuming i'm assuming that'll um, be another duology where the first book tells you nothing and then the second book probably like so like the crazy thing the crazy thing so i wanted to see like (laughs) is the grovel good enough and i actually feel like it was like first of all as you said like so much happened but also like so many important things happened like going to therapy dealing with your own bullshit like (laughs) getting your own mind healthy like uh figuring out your own priorities like quitting your job that's toxic for you and your entire pack like yeah and I feel like the, and also, you know, Orion so steadfastly like choosing her over and over and making her realize like, oh, I'm worth being chosen. I'm worth, like, I'm not alone anymore and I'm worth it. So yeah. not, she like never, she doesn't ever accept any less from them than like them earning her actually like she doesn't let them off easy like it's not until the very very end of the book that she finally is like okay i will and it's because like the culmination of everything but also because they what they offer is what she's always wanted which is like a place to herself Mm -hmm. where she can be alone where she can be safe yeah because it's like there's like no major roads to it you have to like take an atv to get there it's like in the middle of the woods where she can run and there's a swimming thing. So they like understand her. And I feel like that's like, that's like the main thing of romance novels is like, you know, everyone wants someone to understand them, to put the action in, you know what I mean? And then obviously to like fuck their life away when the time comes. So, uh, I could see that weirdly I think as a, I think if you read the whole thing I think it's really good if you only read book one and never read book two I feel like I'd be like fuck what the fuck but, but I, my, I, my I, thing I is, liked it I was into it listen my thing is is that book one should 
make you want to read book two, right? Agreed. And there should be enough in book one that it is in itself a cohesive part of the story. And this was not, book one literally to me could have been an epilogue right it did not need to be an entire book and that's yeah. what bo- that's what really bothers me because i don't know if it's because the pda in me like the demand avoidance where <clears throat> making me read a shitty book first book like i out of spite will not read your second book <laughs> like i will not give you another <laughs> bit of my money you know what i mean yeah. and like literally what you described in the second book was a whole fucking a whole yeah. story where yeah. that was not present at all in the first book. And yeah. I think like an author, if you want to do that, like, like a mechanic you can utilize is, is kind of like that Flashback. mechanic of like, Oh, I bet you're wondering how we got here. And then you're bringing it back. Right. right? Sure. That's, that's what she could have done to at least give us something that we, that was tangible to sink our teeth into and then bring it right. back to the beginning. But there was absolutely nothing to sink our teeth into. The book one ended with no sex. I literally, I saw, I, I, when I stopped reading that book, I was like, no sex in the champagne room, no sex in the Like this, I was mad. <laughs> there was yeah, no there sex. Although like, I really have to go pick up my children. So we are wrapping this podcast up in the next minute, you guys. But okay, okay. I will leave this with the final note that the two book covers are so deceiving and have no bearing on the story at all so uh just keep that in mind because i'm looking at them both together also these books are pretty long like 350 pages each um also you can skip book yeah. one and just listen to what we said and then just jump into book two i don't two know then. that you can skip book one though <laughs> because it. i feel like skip i don't it. think you can and also i wonder if part of the reason that i liked the books more is because book one definitely has more of an action romance suspense romance sort of like subplot of like the other organization and you know like and so and i like that stuff so i also wonder if it's partially that and also like i don't mind I would obviously if they had had more sex that would have been fine with me obviously but like I don't mind it necessarily as much as you do for sure um anyways I would give these books together as a duo a four um so if you like a little suspense in your life you like a little action romance you like a little intrigue uh and a little bit of I did think she was a five-star heroine I really liked her through and through start to finish um she saved herself all the time she was shanking motherfuckers like she didn't give a fuck and i liked that about her and i liked that she respected orion and she like submitted and was like i'm sorry i'm in your space like i shouldn't be here you should never add another omega to a pack like she was very much she was very much herself throughout the whole books and she was very much like arced and realized how much she's worth throughout the book so I thought nice. she was great. The other dudes were like, some were fun, some were not. And some I was like, come on, let's figure it out. But they did grovel with excellence. Uh, so I will give the duology a four. And I will give the first book a DNF because <laughs> I would never have made it to the second ass <laughs> book at all. <laughs> so we'll, we'll go with Bridget's rating on this one. <laughs> yeah, so if you like and, what I read, then here you guys go. Uh, <laughs> if anyone else reads it, please let us know what you thought. Uh, if you're Team Shawnee or Team Bridget, let us know. <laughs> all right, and until next time, may your books be your lover. And your hand your best friend. <laughs> Thanks for hanging in with us, romance readers. 
Head over to Instagram to continue chatting with us. We're super friendly. We want to cackle with you. We want to know what your favorite sex scene was. And we need more book recommendations. If you want to read along with us, go to our website, romanceataglance.com, to see what we're reading next. And we'll see you next podcast.